Hey everybody, welcome to Insufferable Bastards. I had to wait a minute because I wasn't sure what this call show is called. My name, for the purposes of this broadcast, is Carlos Danger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. So this is episode 240 of the Insufferable, <sighs> yeah, of the Insufferable Bastards podcast, and I think we're calling this one Hate Mail <laughs> Obi Wan Underwhelming. Ready to get into this, Brian? Oh, yeah. I should tell people I am just recovering from a cold I've had all week that I passed on to my son, who has been up for the last three nights until 6 a.m., 6 a.m., and then since 2 a.m. So I am delirious and probably going to drop dead by the end of this broadcast. So if I sound mucusy, sorry about that. All right. So our last episode, Brian, that was episode 239. We went over and played 11 clips from another podcast called Download the Rise and Fall of Harry Knowles and Ain't It Cool News. So basically, we have this premise that or we were looking to explore why our whole country and nation and planet is obsessed with superheroes and Marvel movies and how did the cinema get so corporatized and, uh, you know, basically every movie is the same. It's just variations on uh, the same movie reboots and blah, 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 blah. Go, go ahead and listen to it. So, and we played clips from a podcast that's a million times better than us. And it was well-researched and we went on and on. So I shared it right on Facebook and social media. And I, I shared it some places I normally don't share our podcast. One of those being the Joe Bob. <laughs> I don't know why I did this. It was late at night. The Joe Bob Briggs mutant collective on Facebook. Okay. All right. Right. It's a Joe Bob Briggs fan page. I guess they watch them on Shutter, and every week they get together and they, you know, comment about chopping ball. Some of the fans on this Facebook page, I, I don't know. I got I got a bone to pick. I don't know if they're they're either dumb or they're trolls. A couple of them. All right. So I I share the episode, and I'm just amazed that it got. It has nothing to do with Joe Bob Briggs. I thought it'd be immediately deleted. So hats off to the administrator who must have been sleeping, and because it was it was late at night. So I, I put like. You know, I write in the post uh, status there, whatever, whatever you should call that. How did Disney and Marvel and DC come to dominate our culture? Shared it or something like that. Words to the, you use the word yeah. dominate. Yeah. And the first comment, this guy, a random dude is like, well, what do you mean by dominate? If you look at like the total number of movies released, are you talking about the percentage of Marvel and Disney fair compared to everything else like what do you mean by dominate and i'm just like you're gonna argue the point that marvel yeah. disney and dc don't dominate movie theaters at this point dr strange has was released on 70 theaters like in new york city alone and like there was yeah. there's 70 screenings of dr strange at one new york city movie theater in manhattan 70 screenings in one day so I saw that. And of course, it immediately, it immediately made me angry because, again, it was it was the middle of the night. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if you don't know what we mean by dominate, perhaps you could click the podcast and maybe listen. And maybe the, listen. The yeah. complete context is in there. You're just reacting to one line on Facebook without it's like what people do all the time. They just react to a headline. They form their own opinion and then they just post a tangent which has nothing really to do so i you know I, I, and i did uh, 
this is bad on me. I'm like, what are you, a moron? <laughs> I just had no patience for it because I'm like, you're going to argue over the word dominate. You're a moron. And no, then, I, well, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to click on the podcast now because you just personally insult. OK, weirdo. All right, dude. So, you know, we go back and forth about that. And it just, you know, it, to me, it's like that's what we're talking about through that last episode for an, one hour. We talk about fans like that. Like yeah. that, that guy is exactly what we're talking about. Then somebody else is like, well, I don't listen to critics and I've never I, listened to critics. We I'm get a that a lot, though, lately. Because, <sighs> right, because critics are opinionated. They're always biased. They always have opinions. And I'm just, it's but, just so But don't those guys typing that, I don't listen to critics. Well, They have opinions, too. How can you be a critic without an opinion? Of course, critics have opinions, you moron. And also that's what they do. They're reviewing something. It's their it's literally their opinion. But their job is to give opinions. So I, I just was like, well, because well, well, he, he said four out of five, four out of five critics are too opinionated. And I'm like, well, who's the fifth? Who's the one guy in this moronic poll you're talking about? What are you talking about? Like a TV guy from 1988 where they would just list what's on tonight? Is that you're like, how do you how are you a critic without an opinion? It's literally critic means to have an opinion. That's what it is. They're expressing their opinion. You moron. So and that guy, he also mentioned he was about our age. So I and, I, and then I just was like, I just gave up on these people because I'm like, this is just this is just yeah, hopeless. I, but we did have an uptick in, in downloads. So maybe at the end of the day, going in and fighting with Joe Bob Big Brick fans. Oh, the other thing. I'll mention, I was like, you're saying you don't like critics. You don't like movie critics, right? Guess what, Joe? How did Joe well, Bob Briggs start, get. you moron? He He's was a doing... newspaper film critic, you moron. There's our hate mail segment of the, right. of the podcast. Now uh, on to part two, Obi-Wan underwhelming. I just watched over the past uh, 12 hours at 12 a.m. and 5 a.m. The new Ben, or I'm sorry, Obi-Wan Kenobi show on the Disney channel. And I, I got to just, I'm not the minor spoilers, right? And Brian hasn't watched it yet, yeah. but my critiques of the show is that Obi-Wan Kenobi was always, he's the most boring character in Star Wars. I mean, if you think back to the original Star Wars, I mean, do we all run out at age three or however old you were when you first saw Star Wars, I'm specifically and, play, that and first want generation. to be Ben Kenobi. No, I, yeah, right. I, I got to get my Ben Kenobi toy on my my Kenner action figure. No, let's be honest. That being said, I was looking forward to this because well, what they did with the Mandalorian. But yeah, can we just the, say the Mandalorian was an anom anomaly now because I'm well, getting worried. Yes, because well, also Fett, they, they they introduced a new character. I mean, that was a new character that seemed to work. Yes, I think that's I, a huge difference between Ben Kenobi here. I mean, can uh, we? It, I wa did not watch Ben Kenobi simply because I have some serialized shows that I'm catching up on that and, I think are going to yeah. be more my speed. And when I could sit down and just kind of burn through, I uh, yes, I almost ben think Kenobi. this show, based on the first, and again, it's only been two episodes, so it could totally change. I'm not saying it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm not saying I hate it, but I, I think to myself, I think I'm gonna. I'm not going to watch it every week. I'll wait till I can like kind of build up a little bit. Afternoon. Yeah. yeah, it's probably it's that kind of show. You don't have to. It's not it, to me. It's not going to be appointment viewing. And, uh, and I really feel a little hurt by Boba Fett in a sense, because now that I look back that up at so it so badly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the best part of Boba Fett was the Mandalorian episode. So it yeah. just proved 
that Boba Fett as a whole did not work. And again, this just comes down to I'm not opposed to a Star Wars project. But the problem is, is like the fan service gets to me. The 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 all ages thing gets, you know, like, oh, we're going to make this a dark show. Well, it's not really. Not yeah, when it's, you have made, that- it's yeah, it's specifically made to appeal to everybody. Which everybody. I get. But my specific problems with this one, right? Aside from, you know, Ben's not the most interesting character and I won't get into it. They, they, he has some moral conflict, but it's it's like explored for probably 45 seconds of screen time. And this is a spoiler alert and this might be a spoiler to you. So I don't know. Probably not because you can hear everything on the Internet now. Right. Right. So his first mission. And again, just like the Mandalorian, he's got to go on a mission and it's to save Princess Leah, who's a 10 year old child. And she is, I mean, Matt Maisto from Mondo Creepy called her the worst thing. He, and he's a Star Wars <laughs> yeah. aficionado. He's the, he said she is the worst character since Jar Jar Blinks or Binks. Whoa. That guy's name. Okay. I'm not, I don't think she's quite, I, I don't know. That might be a stretch, but she's bad. She is precocious and she is like a 1980s sitcom kid it's like in, in the facts of life or in uh family ties okay. where they brought in the young they, they always bring that little kid in at the end of the run and, after the show's yeah. jumped the shot yep. and she is that i mean so she's kidnapped and again spoiler alert she's kidnapped by flea from the red hot chili peppers oh, jesus which is I heard all about him. I didn't know that was his part, but yeah, everyone's big, Ooh, is that flea in the new show. It's kind of funny. It's amusing. He's not really, it's just like a cam. Is he a nihilist? He's, he's well, yeah, he sort of is. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. He actually absolutely is because he's not really, he doesn't have a conviction either way. He's just in it for the money. So, so she's kidnapped though. Can you, I mean, this is a 10 year old child is kidnapped, taking off. I mean, she's a princess. She's been completely, in this envelope, in this bubble where she's protected because, you know, she's secretly something, you know, she's Darth Vader's daughter. So she's kidnapped and thrown into a cell on this, you know, Blade Runner-esque type city place. And then Obi-Wan shows up and she's completely fine. She's like not the least bit scared, cracking one-liners right away, uh, just well beyond her years, which I guess the show is trying to say like, oh, look, she's already got the leadership abilities of Princess Leia. It's bad. It's 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 bad writing. It's a also, bad introduction of a character. And she's the she's the baby Yoda. She's sassy baby Yoda. Because what does he have to do? He has to now rescue her and get her back to her home planet. That does that sound to, familiar? Well, I was just going to say, is that the plot to Star Wars? Or are we talking? It's, uh, it's the plot to the, the Mandalorian. <laughs> it's the, it, it's the same thing. Yeah. Then they introduce, which I thought was pretty cool, the Inquisitors. You see them right away, right? These are these are Jedi hunters, and the main Grand Inquisitor is a cool looking dude, right? But in this first two episodes, he's not the main bad guy. The main bad guy is one of his underlings who is basically like a 23 year old actress okay. <laughs> or just like who looks human. And I'm sorry, she's the least intimidating villain in the history of Star Wars. Star, okay. I mean, she does some stuff. You're kind of like, oh, but like she's surrounded by three much, you know, they're like Boba Fett looking iconic badasses. Excuse my language. But no, we're supposed to be, okay, it's it's Reva. She's the, the third sister is the, it, it doesn't work for me at all. It doesn't, okay. For some reason, right? I, I have an 11-year-old and I have a nine-year-old. And they are a certain size, like in terms of height. For some reason, 
Princess Leia as a 10 year old, she looks like she's just a miniature person. And I don't know it's, okay. if it's just because like she's at one scene, she's running over the rooftops. Like, is that, have you ever seen that in a Star Wars show before where they're just running and jumping from whatever? And she looks like it looks like whatever, you know, they, they, they use that crazy wall room thing. Yeah. The green, the green yeah, screen yeah, yeah. is now a room. Yes. And I've just, actually been on a set for cars oh, that does it? that now. Dude, it is. Oh, it's, gonna, yeah, I'm, it's amazing, right? It's, it's, like, it's like VR. This was yeah. all for like poor man's process driving in a car, but they're using that new Star Wars technology that was invented on the Mandalorian. Dude, I got to admit, it is like you are in the car. You are on it. So like, I didn't think, you know, wow, if that's the way it's going. Holy cow. Like it is. It, yeah. And so credit, I mean, yeah. So we're, you know, we're, I'm in my basement complaining about this new technology, but anyway, it looks like something they didn't like size it correctly because she is so small. It's like everything else is so big. It looks like she comes up to maybe Obi-Wan's knee. Like it just doesn't, it just kept distracting me. Perspective like, is off, yeah. Why, why is this? And, and maybe it was just me. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's my screen. But anyway, that's Obi-Wan underwhelming. I will like the reviews for it. I mean, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, Brian. Go no, on. no, I, I just said like, I'm dying. I'm not dying to see this. That's the problem. And it, it's kind of how I felt. It's how I feel about all these things. It, it is again. Maybe it's just because when it comes out, it's too much. I get him bombarded. I was also working when it came out. I actually went to work yesterday on a holiday weekend, and then it got canceled because of weather. So I would have watched it maybe, but then I just came home and was like, there's so much more yes. that intrigues You're, me right now. Yes. And it's and at the, it's bottom, also yeah, it's at the bottom of your to-do list. I get everyone it too. at I work and everyone on Facebook is talk and Instagram. They're all talking about it. And it sort of that takes thunder out of it for me. It's not my Star Wars. And maybe that's how I feel. Again, I'm the old man who likes serialized uh, David Simon shows. Right. The, uh, You're an old man with good yeah, taste. How dare yeah, you? I'm sorry. How dare you, you know, not have this? You don't have the same exact taste that you had at 10 years old. I might occasionally watch a 60 minutes episode. You know what I mean? Ooh, I'm a bad guy because I still don't play with my toys. Oh, all right. So we're getting vicious. All right. Like, all right. So here's some of the reviews of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this is, again, I think if you go back to, and listen to our last episode, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is one of the most evil websites on the planet because the, you go to the front of the front of Rotten Tomatoes and they got Obi-Wan first reviews. Uh, actually, this is a couple of days ago. But I, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi's premiere is a surprisingly emotional chapter in the larger Star Wars saga, said Matt Perslow of IGN Movies. I don't know what he's talking about. Surprisingly emotional. Whoa. Huh? Somebody else, Bradley Russell, total film who should have his criticism card revoked a near perfect opening to a lost oh, wow. chapter. And I don't know what he's talking about. The actual opening scene is getting some laughs on Twitter because it, the opening scene recreates, what is it? Order 66 where the Jedi are attacked in their temple that happens in one of the prequels. I know. There's some shaky camera work that's meant to convey like this is this is a docu feel and it just it doesn't work. Uh, it looks really bizarre. Uh, this guy, Danielle, girl, woman, Daniel Salzman of Salzy at the Movies. Oh, yeah. OK, this is Rotten Tomatoes that they put on there. This, these are the, the, the reviews they're highlighting. Watching Obi-Wan Kenobi is like getting to see old friends again and going on a new adventure. OK, see, this is. All these right. are these are bad reviews. But then if you look at there are a couple of I thought. And whatever, I don't agree with those reviews. Maybe they're right. and I'm wrong. Probably not. But 
if you look at like NPR did a, a review and it's more balanced and they're like, look, if you've seen Star Wars, you know that Obi-Wan Kenobi survives whatever's going to happen in this season. You know that Princess Leia survives whatever's yeah. going to happen in this season. What suspense is there? Good point, because I feel like that, too. I'm like, I, re- I don't want to see little Princess Leia. I thought see, that know, maybe- bothers me because in the in those prequels, it was little Luke Skywalker or little Anakin Skywalker. So it's you're just subverting the same. It's the same yeah, story and, all over again. And again. to me, I just think it sucks. It sucks. Any, you know, the good thing about the Mandalorian, it was like, oh, I don't know. The, I don't know what's going to happen to him, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's Star Wars. It's not going to go too dark. But this I felt like, oh, well, we know Princess Leia is not going to get her head chopped off. So where's what's the suspense here? There is no suspense. I thought NPR was absolutely right. And uh, the other thing, I mean, they all, they're, they're more uh, positive on the Princess Leia character. But they also point out, and again, this is going back to Obi-Wan. We haven't gone on from it, have we? I meant to wrap up on it. But there's a couple of scenes where the Grand Inquisitor and the, the, the Reva, right? So you got the real badass looking guy and then like the teenage killer sort of, although she looks a little older, who's really the, really the villain. She has, there, there's points where like literally Obi-Wan is like 10 feet from them, but he's just like literally hiding, but he ducks behind a wall. <laughs> And you're like, all right, so they can't sense that he's like, look, he's he's right right over there. But for some reason, the Grand Inquisitor stops, keeps stopping her. We're like, dude, she's she's actually look, she's on the right track. Like, what? Why do you? And it's just why, 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 why are you forcing this to go on? I don't know. So I guess at the end of the day, I'm now that I think about it, I am surprisingly negative. On the new Obi Wan. So I apologize. We went on for way too long. Maybe I'll edit this down. But uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Brian, is because uh, I'm not going to give you the chance to say anything more about Obi Wan. You haven't seen the damn show. That really makes people mad. That really makes people mad of our few listeners when we talk about stuff we haven't seen. They hate that. Well, I get it. Well, tell them to write me, and I'll tell them that they're dorks. <laughs> no, right? I get all. I get all of it. I get the. I get the Facebook messages I'm, I'm to my personal there, account. You can find my personal account. I get the uh, right. You're on Instagram. You have like a billion followers. I don't know why they're always going after me on Twitter. Uh, the other thing I want to play to you, I don't know uh, if you saw this, Brian, you know, Bill Maher has. Oh, I new- watched this. When you put this in the notes, I watched this the day it came out or the next day. Oh, Cause I thought this would be awesome. Bill I Maher what- talks to Quentin Tarantino yeah. on his new podcast. Oh, uh, and it's not that new, but uh, yeah, it's the thing is, Dude, Bill I mean, Maher gets so stoned. He, he's so stoned by the end of it. He doesn't make just, any sense. And he's cutting he, off. He, yes. He's an annoying drunk guy. Yeah, like it I mean, was like. It's entertaining from the point of view of, okay, this is, you don't usually see this where uh, one celebrity is interviewing another celebrity. It, it looks, I mean, maybe I'm reading into this. It gets to the point where it looks like Tarantino's a little uncomfortable. He's like, oh my laughing, God, he but, takes his two hit. He takes a hit off a joint, puts it down. Doesn't do the rest. And Bill Maher the whole time is lighting up 30, just, you know. Yeah. And literally, like, he asks a question. Tarantino can't even answer it before he's, like, moving on or being like, no, I meant this. Because he's so I high. I meant this. Yeah. He, he, he's so, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to, like, begrudge your uh, your substance use. But, man, I mean, you got the chance to sit down with Quentin Tarantino, who it sounds like they've been friends for a long time. And he is and admirer a, of his films. So like yeah. I've seen him talk sober about the Tarantino movies, uh, specifically Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a movie he really likes. Yeah. And he does bring it up. 
It's such dude, a wasted he opportunity. Steps on himself so much. I wonder because I've tried. I I watched another one and they were not as good either. I don't know. I agree this, with you. This yeah. format is not working for him. Not everybody could be Rogan or Mark Marin. No, and also not even like especially I, us. <laughs> I, I do think. I do think the uh, like in an. There's my in cough. Sense, sorry. In a sense that they're uh, doing. Uh, like trying to set up this, like we're hanging out type of thing. Well, maybe set up the hanging out, you know, maybe pregame. Don't do the gaming on the show. Well, or just dude, take it, it gets easy. lost. Take it easy. Yeah. So here's a clip. There's a video with this. I, I suggest everyone, if you haven't, go seek it out. Uh, there comes a point in time where Tarantino's trying to talk, but Mar is literally starts rummaging around the little set they have. <laughs> he starts opening a thing. He's, he's looking for, he's literally looking for marijuana. Yeah. Speak. It has the feeling of uh, it. It oh. does have a feeling. Of, it does have a feeling of the which we call it a Wally Gold show. All right, oh, that's, that's actually insincere because we're there is a. We're out of I want to talk about his show. We're out of pot. He says. Yeah. This was the strangest thing yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's just such a way because you got Tarantino. He trusts you, and you know any but any movie fan. Especially uh, if you're, I guess, a white cisgendered male, uh, middle aged, as you and I have been accused of many times in the past, you're gonna want. You're like, oh my god, if I could talk to Quentin Tarantino, the, you know, you're gonna, fa- I'm gonna fanboy out on yeah. him, and you're gonna ask all these questions. And Mar is rummaging around looking for marijuana to smoke. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like two minutes after. Two minutes after he's uh, digging around for weed. He starts asking Tarantino about how he's revived people's careers. And he talks about, you know, Travolta. He says Samuel L. Jackson, which I don't think no. Samuel L. Jackson was already a star. Tarantino just launched him into the stratosphere, I would say. So Mars wrong there. But he didn't. At this point, he brings up uh, Robert Forster in uh, Pam Greer, especially Robert Forster from Jackie Brown, released in yes. 1997. Dude in uh, Jackie Brown. Uh, Robert Forster, yeah. Forster, I saw. He's in, he was in lots of movies after that. He, yeah. Is he still with us? He just, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but, but it was like, no, he was doing he was doing straight-to-video movies, and so it was really cool. That's a great power to have. It was like great. A, like among powers, like I could, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> to okay, be okay. able to go. Oh, he's such a, he's such a mess. Way after I did Jackie Brown maybe sometime before Kill Bill, I was ended up being on some sort of an air flight with uh, uh, some famous, well-known... I'll interrupt for a second. What he's going to be talking about is some financier told him Jackie Brown was a hit, but it could have been a bigger hit had you cast bigger names as the leads. Do you wish, when it came to Jackie Brown, that you had not have done it with Pam Greer and Robert Forster. But if you had hired bigger stars. But like, let me ask you, this is 1997. Who would have been the stars of the day in that year if you wanted to, you know, start cast it? Like, who were they suggesting? Like Robert Foster, who would, well, no, in no, 1997, would, no, would have been, been that 45-year-old? No, in 97, no, I'll tell you exactly. It would have been Angela Bassett and Robert De Niro. I got to say, I think this guy's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. I'm going to have to edit that down to almost nothing because of all the F-bombs, I think. 
But uh, how hilarious is that? That actually sounds like, oh, that <laughs> I love Robert Forster in, yeah. in Jackie, Jackie Brown, especially that ending where it's just, it, it's on his face when she leaves him. She's of course awesome. But I think his performance is underrated. Like he should have, yeah. I think he got nominated for a category. He did. Award. He did but, he, I don't yeah. know if he won, but he no, no, he did not win, but. Uh, but but that being said, yeah. Oh my God, De Niro and Angela Bassett—that would have been, that would have been pretty. But then again, I don't know if De Niro was box office back then. So th- I know he was a bigger name, but well, he was in the movie too. I mean, he's. he's I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, and then just finally, since like you know, I like I said, I, I or maybe I didn't. You can hear me cough. I, I've been sick all week. I've my son, my, my my daughter was sick, and then my wife was sick. Not COVID, miraculously. And then my son really got sick. To the point where it's like, do we take him to the ER? So I and he's his sleep has been terrible, but I have had a chance. I've used this time, and Brian's been working on a movie set with like big name stars. He can't go into, so this is sort of a thing we're just throwing together. I've watched, you know, since I have no sleep, all six episodes of Better Call Saul up until their mid season finale. I watched all that. I've watched all six episodes or seven episodes of Stranger Things four. Whoa! All right, I'm, I I started that one because you there was uh, some messages going back and forth, so I thought that would be a better start than Obi Wan for me. So I did watch like maybe three or four episodes. I, you know, they all ran together, so I don't know exactly where it, I am. I mean, I'll just say Better Call Saul. It's a great show. You know, the, I think that's one of the best shows in the old, uh, probably a top five, top six, top seven shows in the history of TV. I'll say it's better than Breaking Bad, in my opinion. I think the if I'm going to complain about this new season, it's more Breaking Bad than Better Call Saul. Okay. It is no longer, I mean, that what was unique about Better Call Saul. It was its complain, own world. It was its own world. Well, and now it's just the story. In. It's just this. No, well, I mean, just the story in general was about his relationship to his brother yeah. and his own relationship with himself and his own morals and how he, they get slowly eroded over the course of a couple of seasons. People who don't like better call Saul, their primary complaint and common theme is that nothing happens. Now in this new season, there is something happening. I recently watched, there's something happening every single moment. Okay. Like breaking bad, which a lot of people love. I mean, I love breaking bad too. I just w- went and rewatched it. In the last couple of weeks and it is it's probably it's even better than i when I, the first two viewings so i do like the show okay but it's like it's it's action it's like this person gets their bla- their brains blown out and this person's killed and then this thing's blown up and then this child it's just like constant and that's what this the first six episodes of better call saul is which is fine but it's not what the show was those first few seasons the character study is sort of gone and now they're clearing the, the decks and with spoiler alert but i'm not going to say who there, there's two major characters are killed off in this first half of the last season okay it feels like they're clearing the table there you know there was some it, it, the thing about better call saul is they brought up these these new characters they brought up this story arcs of brand new characters well in a major one it's just it's over it's done okay. and i felt a little little disappointed that it just seemed you built up this character story arc for the first five seasons only to boom it's done and now you know i guess the last six are are gonna bring us closer to what we know i think yeah Yeah. and again and again like you know what's gonna happen to kim is the is the big yeah the big question but but anyway so i I mean it's still great television it's still better than 90 percent of what's on tv or anything you can buy a ticket for in the cinema these days, 
But those are my little critiques of Better Call Saul. Stranger Things 4, this is a show. I mean, I just like this show. It's a good show. It's a, it's a fun show. It's mindless, but smart entertainment at the same time. There are, I mean, I could, this is another show you could critique to death. Yeah. But I do respect the fact that every episode is like an hour, hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes. They're throwing everything at the wall. And I kind of feel like, you know what? It's your last season, I believe, right? This well, is I think the there's show. one more, but it's well, one July. of those things where, it, yeah, it, I think it, it's. Yeah. All right. So if we want to count, it'll be, yeah, I'm counting it all as one last season. Okay. And my point being they're they have just bloated them up and they are throwing everything. It's like a Stephen King novel. I mean, that was the thing about Stephen King novels of the 80s. You know, you read them all and it's like he just throws everything, everything. a thousand pages, everything but and the kitchen sink. Yeah, and so this all feels this feels like that. And to me, it works. You know, like I I, I had fun with the show. It was I also I was like, able to binge it easily. I didn't feel like it was a chore to watch like the book of Boba Fett. I'm liking the uh, maybe, you know, the kids more this season. I don't know, like maybe just because they're coming a little older now, like facing, you know, they're really doing a good job. And there was a scene with Paul Reiser at a diner. Paul Reiser. And he does from the, the from epic, diner, the movie diner. Yeah, like he he delivers like one of the greatest speeches ever. Like, I just thought it was like. Where you can't his 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 tongue is firmly in his cheek. Like it could go very wrong. Like it is sort of a cheesy 80s movie this, this show should not be good yeah but it yeah. really works somehow maybe it's somehow because, it gets a pass yeah like it's so good and i'm enjoying this season more than i have oh I, i'm enjoying i'm enjoying this season way more in the previous than in the, the previous two that i saw yeah I, I i think yeah one three and this one are good season two is kind of a letdown it does i mean the only thing i don't know if you're there quite yet and again, spoiler alert, but a minor spoiler. Like, you know, I, I like the fact that I don't like the fact that she's bullied, but the fact that like, you know, L, the, the superhero is bullied and, and picked upon. Uh, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, that that's more like what the 80s were like more than it wasn't all Dago colors. No, no. Stuff. It was like unchecked bullying was a thing and torturing other children was definitely a thing. So that kind of rang true for me. And it's just such a shift in the character where she's not this, you know, thing that can throw you across the room and conflicted, but like, she's just like out there in the real world and not doing well. It's but, that, it's but, that but, Superman but, in part two, you know, where he loses his power and is a regular man for a little yeah, bit. He's, like, yeah. it, it very much feels like that. It's better oh, yes, than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there is a, a point in the season where basically they, they reset her character. And I kind of found myself being like, and I could, I, there's a big giant spoiler that I had figured out, not figured out. I just guessed at it. I was That's like, right oh. where I'm at. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I, I just wasn't a big, uh, a big fan. I just got a voicemail randomly. So I just wasn't a big fan of the reset. Cause that goes on for a long time. Okay. Uh, then, I mean, I just saw Jackass 4.5, which is on Netflix. Jackass forever was on Paramount plus like but a then, week. Yeah. Like, and not a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cause my nephew got into all those, but the, the, the sort of sequel to it where they show stuff that they didn't show for the movie is on Netflix, which is bizarre. I, I didn't bother to look at the story behind that, but it's funny. I mean, I think that like the point fives are always better than the actual movie. Yeah. Cause it's always like stuff that fails and there's something even funnier when something fails. And then you get like their, the, the interviews are better. It's more like they're state. They talk more about what they do. So uh, I thought that was really good. 
And then, and maybe we'll save this for next week, but we've both been watching the heck out of, uh, and apparently only the few people in the country. <laughs> Jack, and I looked up the ratings. God damn. We own this rating. Well, I mean, we own this rating. We own this we city. We own this city, which is a look at uh, police corruption in Baltimore. Great show. Is it The Wire? No. No. Does it have flaws? Yeah, but maybe we'll talk about that next week. The, the last episode airs uh, tonight, I think, unless they're. No, no, it's always it. a Monday. Oh, it's on Monday. All right. It's See, always I, I a cut Monday. The cord, so I don't know when anything's on anymore. Yeah. It's when. Okay. I'm wrong about that. So maybe we'll talk about that next week. But you're liking yeah. the show, right? Oh, I'm really liking the show. Also, I think for some people that are afraid to start The Wire, this is a good show to watch because it's, it's, it's simplified. Like yeah, it's, it's a little more, easier to. Uh, the timeline is very confusing. Very confusing. But Holy. just, just, yeah. It's, but just don't pay attention to that. It's a good show. It is. It's like a bite-sized version of The Wire. Whereas The Wire has drug dealers. They go into the whole lives of like the, the, the corner kids and the cops and then, you know, the later seasons. But yeah, this is just very focused on corrupt cops and a few investigators. And it doesn't even go into the investigators' personal lives. It's just very much. No, no, it's, I mean, I said this to one person. Maybe we'll get, ah, you know what? We'll save it for next week. Yeah. I don't want to end on some type of a note, but I guess that's that. Is there anything else you wanted to add, uh, Mr. Brian? No, I mean, again, I, 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 uh, watching the same thing. I'm going to finish, probably finish Stranger Things this weekend. I guess I'll start Obi Wan. I mean, I, uh, well, maybe I should wait to bank a few and maybe we could do a follow up in a couple weeks. Maybe when two more episodes drop and we can, because I definitely want to talk about it. You know, yeah, we'll probably just, I mean, there's only, I think there's only six episodes of that, right? Okay. That, I mean, I again, all it's of a this short, is, I don't know how many, but you know. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I would assume today you're going out to see Top Gun, right? Maverick. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, come on, all. man. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it's it. It's getting good reviews, and I'm sure it's a good movie, but it's not a good. Oh, movie. The first one was horrible. I don't understand when did. Yeah, I mean, we were. And did yeah. we really need this? I was arguing about this again with uh, uh, Johnny Amenta, our arch nemesis from The Pint. I mean, I don't remember. I, I distinctly remember Top Gun coming out. And I remember thinking, like, well, it's just kind of cheesy. I mean, it's yeah, just kind of one of those 80s cheesy, cheesy movies. And it's got the Kenny Loggins prepackaged music video. It had at least I think it had like two or three videos. I don't remember. the, But, you know, it was it was just garbage. 80s it's footloose stuff. for the air. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't understand. But then I mean, I guess it's the same way. I mean, Poison was never a good band. Like they were a joke. Yeah. Right. I mean, didn't anybody like we were in we were the prime age for those hair bands and they were terrible. They were and I don't terrible. remember anybody being like, I love. You know, I remember people using Poison songs to make fun of each other, to bully each other. Because like, uh, oh, they have, every rose has its thorn and some kid's mother was named Rose. And yeah. so that's they would torture him with that song. But then as we got older, suddenly there's this bizarre nostalgia for this bargain bin crap. And yeah. that's what Top Gun was. Let's not fool ourselves. It had bad reviews. It was inexplicably. A it hit. was a music video. It was a to Tony Scott, but like, like kind of was known. And, and then if you go back to the context, and this is what I sort of said on Twitter, I don't feel like, OK, because I all right, I'm the old man who hates everything. OK, great. Yeah, you can if you label me that fine, I'll own it. But OK, as proof to back up my point, I'll say that the Road Warrior had been released yeah. by the time this movie came out. 
right? You had like decent, I mean, Fright Night was a decent horror movie right around that time. There were decent movies. First Blood had been released, a good action movie. I just think anybody who was watching movies during this time period, if you're even if you were in sixth grade like we were, you should have had a barometer that was kind of like, well, there's better movies than Top Gun. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure. Maybe you like the flying, you know, I don't know. But I just don't, somehow Top Gun is now revered. And I don't remember, I don't know how that happened or when that happened. It was a big hit, yes, but- But yeah, a summer blockbuster. It was, but that doesn't it was mean forgettable. It's good. It, was a, it was a disposable movie. Yes, that's a and perfect- And I'm thinking like, what do we had? I, I think the, what, the, the Untouchables came out a year later or something like that. that had, well, maybe two. Yeah. It was all in that, you know, it was all in I, that. Well, I thought, realm. Like, I thought Die Hard had come out that year, but Amenta corrected me. It was two years after, but okay, let's go through our history. You have Top Gun. And I guess in some people's mind, that was the be all end all action movie. Well, two years later, you have Die Hard. Didn't Die Hard erase and cut the legs out from the legacy of, of Top Gun. When you have a movie like a legitimate classic incredible action film come out that changed the template of action movies for a while See, i don't I never, understand you had the schwarzenegger commando movies i would say those I, were more entertaining and cheesy the canon movies give me missing in action give me uh, uh you know the not sylvester stone what's his name chuck norris right here chuck on my norris world. you had the john claude Dam was just uh entering the uncommon world. valor like i there were i don't understand like Top Gun was your mom's was popcorn. Movie. Yeah, it yeah, was popcorn. It was... I never thought that was a good movie. I, it's, it's cocktail not. in the sky. It's Tom Cruise was not cocktail. Oh, I mean, just you said cocktail in the, exactly. Yes. Tom Cruise was that's a movie cocktail that Tom yeah. Cruise made. It's garbage. He was in the he had a bunch of horrible movies. Those there. were horrible, and it was interchangeable it was a... corporate garbage. From what I hear, this movie's great. Even Paul Schrader said, like, ah, like everybody else, I went and saw this freaking Top Gun. And you know what? I liked it. So, See, but then he I said, like, know. we're obsessed with moot. We're except, uh, except we're upset. We're obsessed, obsessed with superheroes. And he said, Tom Cruise is essentially a superhero. And yes. that's why we all love. We're like, you know, I like this. Also think pieces on this being like, how far is Tom? When is he going to kill a man? And <laughs> well, also this, the uh, he's, he's too actiony. But, you know, I'll see the movie when it comes out. I'm not going to go see it in the theater. Oh, yeah, I will not see that in the theater. I, I can't wait uh, to, to say everyone was wrong how much they loved. Uh, so wait, wait six months. We'll review. Well, here's, that's like here's right. a, here's a here's a teaser. We will be reviewing Maverick and hating it in six months. Yeah, because we're too alert. cheap to go see it in the theater. I feel like, yeah, I'm waiting for the because everyone said that the three Spider-Men. Hey, they got three Spider-Men in one movie. I'm like, well, OK, then they just do that in that Miles Morales cartoon. Yeah. But OK. All right. That's the greatest movie ever made. It's still not free yet because I'm not going <laughs> to spend my money on that. But eventually it'll be streaming and then we'll go and review uh, Spider-Man Far From Prom Date, whatever the heck that movie's called. All right, I'm getting bitter. Even more bitter. So I guess for uh, Brian Spears, this is Carlos Danger for the purposes of this broadcast because I heard if you do an entertainment podcast, you have to make up a fake name. So I went with it and we've never dropped it. Used to make Joe mad. I also used to do it to, to make our former co-host mad because it would somehow annoy him. Uh, <laughs> see you next time. Later.